It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. You're listening to the GAA Hour with Dermot Ling on Sports Joe. Hello, hello, and welcome to The Hurling Show. Uh, we're joined in studio this week again by our very good friend of the show at this stage, James Ryle. Good to have you, James. How are you getting on? Very well, thank you. Good, good. And uh, great friend, not of the show, but certainly of me of a long time. We're just uh, chatting outside and, yeah, from the time we were five or six uh, up until up until 32 or three, I suppose, uh, Owen Quigley up from Cork, but most definitely formerly of Wexford, uh, Twelster. It's great to have you in studio, man. How are you doing? <laughs> Thanks, Giz. Yeah, it's great to be here. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for that introduction. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is. It's great. Like, sure. I mean, this is the thing, you know, you get to come up from, coming up from West Kerry, like, and we chatted about it before, you know, you want, I, I want to be, yeah, there's people, there's certain people I want to, I want to be chatting to about the game because they're people who I've chatted to for a long time about it and are, are, are for a short time, but I've been interested in them. And I mean, you definitely fall into that category. Um, how is, how's life in Cork? Life is good in Cork. Things are uh, nice and busy. Um you know, kids, family, Harlan. The lilt is coming in, isn't it? You hear, do you hear, you hear a bit of cork there. Do you hear a bit of accent coming in? Surprised. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's ten years in the making, maybe a little bit more. So yeah, yeah. it's I, definitely creeping in. I'm getting a good uh, slagging back in Wexford when I go home. All right, that, there's a couple of cork uh, words being thrown in lingo. So I was talking to Adrian Fenlon at the weekend at the Wexford Kerry game, and he said there's a fellow who went down, and they say he was down from Enniscorthy, take scald or accent on him, and uh, he was in Cork six weeks, and he came back up, and he had this cork accent. They said, yeah, they get, they get to everybody eventually down there. Like to do, to do. Um, I actually saw you beside Adrian at the match. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. Ten years older than you, but he looked fairly fresh beside you. Yeah, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He looks good beside me. He's like it's it's interesting meeting Fennel. Like he's still so involved with with Wexford Harland, kind of behind the scenes now. Um, but when I meet him, it's like I'm all, I'm I'm always meet, meeting the 
the hero of our of our youth like you know he was whatever I was 14 or 15 I suppose in 96 and he was working actually in the bank at the time with my mother in AIB in, in Wexford and uh, or in Escorty and uh, and so we kind of yeah got in a couple of times to see him like and sure geez it was like meeting a god like so and you, it's hard to distance it's hard I, f- I still find it hard almost to distance I have to kind of recalibrate myself and say right this is just another fella in front of you like just be normal, like, but you're also looking at Fento, like, the fucking sidelines, and you're just thinking, yeah, it's just great to be, great to be chatting great to him about the game. Him, yeah. yeah, but I think when you're growing up as a young lad and you have someone like that and they're your hero, it always stays that way. And I think mm. Fenno is one of those kind of guys, and he's he's so respected in Wexford. When you meet him, like, you're nearly in awe of him, and you mm. think about what we learned playing hurling with him, especially with ground hurling. Like he'd take the legs off a guy if the ball was there. And it was yeah. something that stood out with me after the first training session. But he's a great guy and yeah, he's doing a great job there in Wexford and mm. Reprise. Is it like that is it like that in Kilkenny? Like is it like I don't know, it's when lads have five like that's uh, as as someone who was it, Tom Humphreys or someone said it to him one day, like the, the famous Wexford one or team. In Kilkenny, you're talking about fellas with five or six all Ireland's, and it could be fellas with two or three all Ireland's, and you wouldn't, you, you mightn't bat an eyelid. Or, 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 but the fact that you've won five or six yourself, like, do you still, like, when you meet the fellas of, you know, the, the heroes of the 70s or the 80s, or uh, those kinds of, I, I remember meeting Fan Larkin one time, like, my God, like, just, you'd be just, you'd be, you would be in awe meeting them. Like, I don't know what it's like for, for you fellas. Yeah, I think um, some of the guys that you are playing with, uh, you kind of get so used to them, you kind of forget that they're maybe. I suppose, mm. heroes when you're talking. But then when you move away, I was only maybe retired a year or two and then all these guys, they come up an awful lot more nearly, in your, I won't say in your estimation, but you're, you're so used to them when you're hurling with them that I think you, you become nearly in awe of them again then when you're a supporter for a couple of years and you're looking at them. So, but look, you'll still... Like of the fellas who were, who we say, when you finished, who were still playing. Exactly, and yeah. come away from it. Do you know, like, so... The likes of TJ would have been starting out with me or, you know, but you take take even the likes of Henry who would have played on for three or four years. You'll still look at those guys in awe when you're gone. Mm. And, you know, whereas it was never a case when you were hurling with him. It was just the normal. You were looking at lads three or four times a week, maybe a hundred times a year. Yeah, you're getting, yeah, yeah. You're getting sick of looking at him. But, you know, it came to a case then where you actually would cross the road maybe to see him because you, you wanted to say, I know him. And, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Now when you have kids coming along, the same thing again, you have kids who want to go out and sign autographs in fields after games and it's a whole it's a whole new cycle that I'm involved in now. Yeah, yeah. But we never got to play that long for with Fennel. No. For instance, Adrian Fennel, I think we only played with him maybe two years. Yeah. Um, but like like John Power now, older John Power, these guys, you would have probably well, gone up looking at them. I think it was my first training session or first or second training session in Nolan Park and uh, I remember DJ just came over and shook hands with me and says, "Hi, I'm DJ Carey." You know, and yeah. I goes, yeah, "I know who you are." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've i watched a bit of hurling, and um, so yeah, like there was I joined in O two, and it was actually midway through O two. So um, mm. a lot of those guys, I'd say John Power finished up. So it was only it was only maybe um, a half a year, maybe with the likes of the John Powers. DJ was maybe I think it was maybe the end of O three or O four. Um, but I'd still see John Power, he'd be he'd be Callan, he'd be neighbouring uh neighbouring parish and uh God he seems I, like the most down to earth, nicest fella who was as hard as yeah. nails on the field. My God. Yeah, he's he comes across very uh very mild and, and, and he do, and he is, you know, but mm. put a hurl into his hand and uh yeah, and a slitter somewhere, and he's a, probably a different. But that's what makes great hurlers great hurlers. Mm. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, we had we watched. I was him and Liam Dunn had uh, had serious battles for 
yeah, between yeah. Wexford and Kenny when we were growing up. Yeah, and John Power was strong in the air, and Liam Dunn was strong in the air as well. Yeah, so uh, there in was, a different way. Yeah, in a different way. <laughs> I remember actually finishing up training after one training session, and uh, you know, obviously Cody was there at at, at the latter stages, but the hurling game had finished, and maybe it was going into a running and. I remember John Power just running across and he kind of waved up to Cody and he just says, hey, I'm going feeding calves and hopped into the Jeep and tipped off. <laughs> you know, but even throughout Cody's era, I think that the professionalism has gone mm. up more and more and more. And uh, we've kind of gone away from that type hurler who'd, you know, just be able to come and do it. It's, it's gone to a very physical state now, I think, but mm. that's a whole new... Yeah, it's a whole other. Yeah, it's a whole <laughs> other thing, definitely. Because sometimes you just wonder about the loss of the fellas who couldn't, who can't do it, in terms of time. Like yeah. you know, they don't have, or, or it could be commitment too. Like they just they're not willing maybe to give up seven days a week to it. Like they'll give up four, which is reasonable mm. for something you're interested in outside of like your work and your family. Four days is is pretty reasonable, but now it's gone to it's, it's gone to six or seven days a week. It's, it's, so it's yeah. like. Who loses, Who? what kind of characters are we losing out who aren't willing just to do the seven days a week and dedicate their whole lives to it? Like there is also brilliant, different style of hurlers, but maybe yeah. they just wouldn't survive. I don't know. But but characters with unbelievable ability. Mm. And we're kind of weeding that out a small bit, I think. And I see it in club hurling. You know, some of the greatest club teams we have, of course, there's Bar Bally Hale who are producing forward after forward. But... You know, a lot of really good club teams mightn't be bringing through the brilliant forwards, whereas mm. they're isolated in different smaller clubs around them. I think it's a case of uh, numbers, and if you bring a whole heap of numbers together, you'll you'll pick the bigger at his underage. Yeah, and you know they're there in throughout development squads through underage teams up along, and maybe the small little dandy hurler with loads of ability, you know, great vision and ability to take a score. They're often maybe late bloomers, and they mm. can they can be kind of left to one side, and you could be missing some of those hurlers. So um. sometimes it, it seems like uh, because you do see it in in games, you know, maybe two points in it, or there might be a point up, and and the statistics all say twenty one yard free, tap it over the bar, and and then you'd be always thinking, you'd be always thinking in your head like of a Paul Flynn, you know, mm. who who'd say, yeah, yeah, tap tap that over the bar, you're thirty five yards out on the right hand side, and there's no chance of a goal, and but he's thinking something completely different. And now the adherence to the statistics, which say that's a one in a hundred shot, so don't go for it. But sometimes when you're in like the magic of a Munster final or of a Leinster final, and it's all it's all boiling down to this, you know, this potential moment that we're just playing. It's it's always it's almost always now play the statistics as opposed to like, well, maybe there's a bit of genius in the magic of this moment that I can just. I, I can go for it, and 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 it adds something to the game when there's the possibility that might it might doesn't have to happen, but I want to know that there's a possibility that it might happen because it keeps me more interested, as opposed to okay, well we're just going to play the play yeah. the stats here, you know. But I think there's there are magical players out there, and we've had them in the past, and it's, it, t- it takes a certain type of person to be willing to do it. Um, there's probably guidance coming from the line that you know they want you to put it over the bar. Um, but then you come across the likes of a, a Flynn or possibly a, like a Joe Canning, TJ Reid. You know, defy the, defy, of, they'll defy the guidance like because they believe in themselves they have that ability to do it and they stick it in the back of the net um, but I think it's a good point we're probably losing a lot of players to different vocations as well and you go down through the list of players and all the teams and you see a lot of college students you see a lot of teachers yeah. 
Like I wonder the days of guys doing the hard labour, the mason, he worked that kind of stuff. It's very hard to come out of that kind of work and then go into the gym or go in and put in a, ho- a heavy slog at two, three hours of training and get up next morning again at seven o'clock or half six in the morning and go off again, maybe driving to Dublin. You know, yeah. so it's hard. I, I often thought that with, with Red Barry and I think it's a similar argument for, the, you know, the masons or the builders or whatever. It's like, well, you know, I think it's I think a darn stamp off the top of my head straight away is like, well, do you need to be in the gym because you're he's shuttering concrete all day? Like, it's like, why do you need to be in the gym? And there be, there, be, there came in a culture when it went to four, five, six, seven days a week where lads were saying, and if you remember in two thousand five, I think Red Barry played hard in football, and he, we we played Kilkenny actually in the league in Nolan Park one day, and he mm. came after a football match, came up, played the football, and then went on to Nolan Park, and he was brought on, you know, ahead of eight subs you know who are all saying well he was only with us two days this week he was with the footballers the other two when he's already after playing a game and this was like this isn't fair and I was thinking well hang on there now what are you doing in your other two sessions that week like, why is he better like why how can he be better than you and why are you blaming him only being there two days or why are you saying it's not fair he's not here every day if he's better than you like what's the, what's the criticism like if you're missing gym sessions should it be 100% regimented everybody has to be there all the time because that's what a panel does or can you make allowances for what fellas actually do outside the game you know yeah but I think Red Barry in particular was probably one of the last dual players for, for Wexford and we spoke about that bit of magic and Red Barry kind of had has that bit mm-hmm. of magic you know and he came on that day in Nona Park and he actually played quite well he was yeah. actually probably one of the best players we had when he came on after already playing football um, but yeah and he's the kind of guy who actually didn't do a whole lot of gym work but then Darren Stamp on the opposite side would have been as strong as a horse you know doing masonry work all day long came into the gym anyway but he probably didn't need to he probably would have been better off getting a bit of rest and being fresh for the training mm. sessions Um but I think it's I think it's a valid point that I mean we can, we don't see the dual players anymore. But yeah. the likes of a spark from a Redmond Barry, you know, can create those goal chances or go for the goals, go for the twenty ones instead of tapping the ball over the bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd always love watching those players. Yeah. Um, Kerry, I suppose the two games at the weekend. The first thing was probably in the build up to it was around the photo call. I don't know if you put much stock in it. I don't want to give it any great time in some respects because I think that there was. Maybe there was something in the week before for the Kerry and Antrim lads where they had the photo call for 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 the yeah. for the Joe McDonough final. But it, still, in all, like if you're talking about if everybody's having this conversation about well, how do we promote t- games I, in the county? Yeah. It seems pretty basic. Like t- bring them up to the yeah. bring them to the photo call. Whether you think they should be there or not, bring them up to it. Because I mean, why wouldn't you? You know, you answered yourself there where you said I don't want to give it much time. But I don't think anyone in Croke Park gave it a whole lot of time either, and mm. that was the problem. I don't think it was a. Uh, a malicious move. I just think it was someone didn't really think it through and somebody made a call on it without any great, I suppose, understanding of what they were doing. Yeah. And I bet you it just comes down to one person. And, you know, like when we say about why did the GAA, like who yeah. are the GAA? Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah, it is yeah. some person in a, in, a, in a back office was told to organise this, you know. So it's either... That's, to me, you know, because there's no cost behind it. It's not a cost-saving thing, you know. No. What would you do? Maybe give... Two more dinners, maybe if you're giving a dinner up there, there's you know there's no reason why you wouldn't bring him other than uh, it was uh, someone's fault or somebody made a mistake and left it out. Yeah. Unless the picture came out, uh, 
they wanted that picture for Sunday morning when it would have worked. But <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's very unlikely too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's enough on it. Um, it left a sour taste for Kerry and Antrim, no doubt. Uh, Kerry brought whatever, whether they brought it. I don't think I don't put too much stock in that. So this, that's one for the dressing room wall or whatever. I don't think that's how the game really works so much uh, anymore. With certain things, maybe there's a there's 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 something in that. But I don't think yeah, coming from headquarters, it's not like the Wexford lads. Decided that Kerry Lad shouldn't be in it or anything. So there's nothing. There's nothing you can say like that. Yeah. Oh, that's Wexford's fault or anything like that. So I don't know that it carry much weight into the game. But Kerry certainly started strong and started with a bit of a an edge. Like yeah, like you'd be surprised. I think um, like just finishing off that point. I think they would probably be quite hurt by not being in that photograph. And I think mm. like there's a lot of good club people down in Kerry who put in a lot of time in the North Kerry clubs. I think the youngsters looking at the paper, maybe seeing that photo, would have loved to seen the Kerry jersey there. Yeah, as an like. It doesn't happen too often. Like it would have been great to see it, and I'm sure it was used as ammunition probably in the dressing room for both Antrim and Kerry at some stage. Um, but the Kerry Wexford game, like obviously Wexford started quite strong. Um, you know they had all obviously had a little bit of hiccup against Westmead in that they got the draw. They were expected to get the win. Uh, they were coming down to play Kerry intrally. Um, I said Darry had them well versed. Um, they started quite strong. They looked well up for it. I mean, the Kerry boys were putting in hard tackles, but mm. the Wexford lads were matching it um, all the way. Um, obviously, got into a strong lead of five points and obviously a couple of points from Lee Chin. Um, so it was good to get a start of that, but wasn't it great to see Kerry then coming back at them um, and having the, the strength of, I suppose, will and mindset to get themselves back into the game after 20 minutes? And look, they were 10 points down against Antrim in the the Joe McDonough final and they got themselves back into yeah. it again so you have to give them great credit for the resilience there um, but obviously Wexford kicked on then uh, for the remainder of the first half and had a commanding lead at half time um, but again look it was a great opportunity for um, Wexford to put a second good performance in a row after beating Kilkenny sorry sorry, James bringing that up so early but after beating they're Kilkenny they're sitting in an honour to be final they're not too pushed <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then kicking on and just you know I mean was it a worthless exercise in ways where if they win, they're expected to get that victory? If they don't yeah, win no it comprehensively, yeah. yeah. But at the same time, I think they've gained things from it and that obviously Chin was very sharp on freeze and that's really important because over the previous years, we haven't been that good with our free taking. And if you're going to be a top-class team and actually get to the final, compete in semi-finals, you have to nail those frees and yeah. Chin is back and he, he, he did the business. So uh, there's some good positives there. Rory O'Connor? Back on, back, yeah. on, back on song. He was back in that kind of, just that little bit of magic above everybody else on the field, I thought. Yeah, and like what impressed me as well is Roy O'Connor's work rate. There was a great clip of him back in like a corner back tackling at one stage and he has the fitness and the energy and the speed, the hurling brain to get back up the pitch to get himself into positions then where he's, he's, he's knocking I think nearly 1-4 from play. Um, but it's great to see him back on fire and like looking forward to obviously the Clare game which is coming up. He's going to need to be unfair to beat them. But just, look, he's he's a great player. We know him from the club in St. Martins. Um, he comes yeah. from a great family. Um, he has a bit of steel to him as well, which I really like about yeah. him. He'll, ta- he'll take the knocks. Um, <laughs> what did you say? He'll need it. <laughs> <laughs> you need it. You need Not it. Not he, yeah. Well, it was hilarious, actually. Uh, my brother, I got to go to uh, watch the game with my father. He came down from Wexford. Any excuse to get down to, to Kerry? And he came down and uh, my brother Davey was there as well. And he said he was chatting to... Um, to Sean, one of the selectors after the, after the game, and or maybe during it, he had said to the linesman, Rory was getting a little bit of hardship. Now he was, it was, he was down a couple of times. He shipped a couple of heavy belts for sure, but you know you'd expect him to 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 move on with it. Like not not nothing like you'd have seen between 
Clare and Limerick in, in many respects. And uh, he went over to the linesman and he said, at, he was telling Davy this after the game, he said, I went over and said, like, are you going to do anything about, is he going to be protected at all? Like, is he going to do anything about the number eight there who's, who, who's on Rory's back there for the whole first half? And he was like, he was a Clare man. And he said, well, <laughs> He's gonna need he's gonna need a lot better protection because he's gonna be in clear next week. And he's gonna get twice as hard. So I'm not gonna say a word to be honest. And and it was kind of the way it is. Like I think when you when you go up against Clare and Limerick at that at this at the level they played the Munster final at that type that that type of um, attention is just going to be Rory O'Connor's just gonna have to expect it and deal with it. You will at this stage, and uh, I think Wexford. Um, I suppose are probably in a good place. That'd be my view on it. Um, mm. I, I think coming out of the provincial losses on the two teams, that can be nearly a tougher place. Um, you see that in the football. Uh, I think all the four provincial losers have lost at the weekend there. Um, so losing, you know, Wexford's probably lowest point was coming into Kilkenny in Nolan Park. Yeah. That was when the year looked to be nearly done and dusted. And that was the pressure point. And uh, Wexford came out that day and performed. And I won't say they're in bonus territory now, but... If you had gone back the week before the Kilkenny game, you probably would have been looking at that and saying, you know, what's the story here? Where are we going? Our things, we had a great league. You know, the championship kind of dipped off. It looks like we, we need a lot of things to go to, to go right for us today. And it happened. So I think they're coming into next weekend's game in a superb position. Mm. Um, and I think Clare had so much, as you, you called it, intensity in the Limerick game. Uh you know, that was such a, a whirlwind of a game to try and turn around again and come back out and try and get your mind up for that again. That's, I won't say an impossible task, but that is really, really hard. And yeah, that, I was surprised you know, Lohan said that after the game. Like, you know, yeah. for someone who's so, who, who, who uh, emanates such solidity generally, like, you know, everything is kind of the next game and it's all positive and not, not in the positive psychology of everything being great in the camp rang, but just like, very practical and like we get we get up for next week and that's it and he was saying after the only thing maybe he said of note after the game was like it's going to be hard to get up after that again like and I was surprised at that It will be very hard and it, you know they always say that the performance after your best performance is, is a very tough performance to put together um, and there was such a you know the the round robin was whatever the round robin was in, in, in Leinster and Munster but the reward for winning a provincial final was going straight to a semi-final and bypassing quarter-finals and yeah. dogfights and different venues. The rest, I, the rest as much as anything as well. I and think and the rest, yeah, yeah, which is massive. And I think that's one thing Kilkenny will benefit from is the rest. Um, yeah. They need a bit of hurling as well. Some guys maybe just back from injury. Um, but you put Everton on the line, you go to Turles trying to win a Munster final, um, you're playing your neighbours, the, the form, the attitude, everyone in the whole of Limerick and Clare is just, you know, it's it's 100%. Mm. And then you come along two weeks later and you have to play Wexford, which is more important because your championship is on the line. Yeah, um, but is it more important? Can you get to that 100% again pitch? And I don't think so. And, you know, and you'll see games like that where you could have Wexford absolutely hit the ground running and build up a bit of a lead. Yeah. And that's that's what happens in those games. But it's going to be a dogfight. Yeah. But I'm just thinking back to Brian Lowen there, isn't it great? And it shows great leadership and management by him that he's identifying that so quickly after the game. And like I think he deserves a lot of credit for where he's brought Clare to over the last couple mm. of years. Uh, and he's obviously chatting to the players about this, that, you know, you've put in a massive performance now in the Munster final. Obviously, they, they didn't come out on the right side of the result. They're going to be very disappointed. 
and there's extra things going on the sideline which we'll probably chat about later but um, there's going to be a huge opportunity too for them to bounce back now and yeah. continue their year along the way they have been going because they've been excellent all year yeah. but look I think Wexford did what they needed to do down in Tralee um, I think they were very impressive in the second half completely took over the game um, some great performances especially Matt Hanlon actually as well in the back line yeah. um, ran yeah. up the pitch created a beautiful overlap for a goal um, and it's just great to see some form coming back into himself as well we saw Damien Rex so I think Wexford are in the long grass for Clare um, yeah. like you, you talked about coming into the Kilkenny game they'd been beaten by Dublin of course yeah. in Wexford Park they were very lucky to get a draw against Galway you know Galway should have won that game yeah. when we got the last two points yeah and terrible performance a draw against Westmead and then we come and obviously we bet Leash and we come and we bounce into Kilkenny then and there's just no fear of this Kilkenny team from these Wexford boys at the moment Yeah. Um, and then they backed it up with a, a performance down in Kerry so Wexford are motoring on nicely now at the right time of the year so we'd well, be hopeful There's great opportunity for Clare, Wexford, Kilkenny one of those three to arrive in an All-Ireland final it's, yeah. it's, it's a massive opportunity and you're going on how brilliant the Munster Championship is, it really should be clear, shouldn't it? I mean, yeah, yeah, sure. it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a done deal. It's a done, <laughs> it's a done deal. deal. Um, there's a few things in there. Um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll get, just go through them because I, I, I do want to get back to Kerry for a second. Damien Reck at centre-back, I think, is... is I think he only came onto a lot of people's radars for that double save, uh, actually, against Kilkenny, but I think he's one of, the, one of the top players in the game at the moment, top defenders in the game. He's an absolute leader of the, the Wexford backline in particular, and I can see by the body language. So so beneficial to be at the games because you see the small things uh, in how in how the lads around him are relating to him and he has this no-nonsense kind of eye on the prize kind of attitude you know he, he, he's just he has that teak toughness um, I think it's a great point about Lohan because one of the things when you have like something staring in the face and it's problematic we often kind of tiptoe around it and what he did was call it out and often by calling it out you just bring it to the surface straight away and then you know yeah. that it's there and then you can kind of deal with it and move past it as opposed to letting it uh, rumble on. For Kerry, um, the the call, the, the, there was criticism I suppose about the structure in terms of bringing Kerry into the Munster Championship. Is that a step too far at, at this point for them? I suppose look, when you look at the performances and you know they've put in a good year into Joe McDonough and they had a cracking final against Antrim in, in Crow Park Obviously, they got pipped by a point and, you know, it was a controversial free as well that Antrim probably won the game with yeah. and the man slipped and they gave the, they gave the free. But I looked, they played Wexford then and, you know, the, the end result was a 21-point defeat in their own backyard. Um, they obviously put in a big effort the week before. I'm just thinking about putting them into the Munster Championship and they're playing like Limerick, Clare, Tip Waterford, like away from their home, right? O- up in Tip or down in Waterford and God in the round robin series as well it's going to be back to back matches nearly every weekend and would Anne, would uh, Kerry be actually ready for that at this point I don't feel they are I think they're doing tremendous work down there and isn't it great to see Kerry hurling you know shown on TV and a bit more excitement about it but I think it's just maybe a couple of years too early for them I think they just have to believe it can happen for them and keep knuckling down and working hard keep this team together and building it Malumphy's a good guy like you know we, we know him from playing against him he can build something down there if he's able to stay on so I think right now it's probably you know a, a couple of years too quickly for yeah, them yeah. but with the Ryan the prize it can be a reality uh, but they need help from the GA probably as well to do that They do but it's it's like ever I've seen the last 20 minutes of the McDonough final or so um, and you know, the one thing you'd say, it was kind of loose hurling. You could see where a goal had come from. Yeah. You know, there were some brilliant catches, there were some brilliant scores, some brilliant strikes, but didn't have that intensity. But 
unless you're exposed to that, then, you know, how can you get there? You know, so there has to be an element, whether that's in a league format or whether it's in a Munster Championship. Um, but I think, you know, every team you take, um, you had was a Jerry Keegan of Kildare in here a couple mm. of weeks ago and they were exposed to a higher level in league hurling. And, you know, then when they hit the Christie ring, they were right for it and they got the results. And, you know, the Joe McDonough is becoming a serious competition now. And uh, it's, 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 you know, there's a, there's a lot to it. There's a lot of teams are performing very well, but there has to be a prize to say that we can compete at Lee McCarthy level after it. Do you know, for the team to make the breakthrough, of course it's going to be hard, but exposures like you take Westmead Monday morning waking up in Westmead after drawing with Wexford, I'll give you one back. Um, <laughs> but that would have been, you know, they're, they're great moments. And until, I suppose, the Kerrys and the Antrims play the Wexfords and the Kilkennys and the Corks, and that's more exposure. And, you know, that's when the level, I think, will start rising. That's when more kids will get involved. That's when people become more important in the sport. And it has to come within the county at all ages, I think. Yeah, there was definitely a feeling of that in, in Austin Stacks Park afterwards. Like, I thought because of the way Wexford pulled away in the second half, you'd be like, there's people at the game who mightn't be at hurling games yeah. uh, very often. And there was loads of kids in the roster onto the field afterwards. And they were up to the likes of Leachian and everything else. It was great to have them down in Tralee, no doubt about it. And you've got places like Tralee Parnells who are, who are trying to build from the ground up, like, in, with, with a view to be, being somewhere in 10 years' time. And that's... And that's only good, I suppose. At at the protocol is in some respects an example of it. Um, I think that the likes of Kerry and Westmead are kind of already maybe on track. Antrim are a couple of years down the road ahead of them. I think they're they're wasting their time waiting for anybody else for Crow Park to intervene or to send funding their way or to inter- invite them to protocols. I think they need like to take the kind of the, the Limerick attitude. Now I'm not saying you can get. To, to a Limerick level because their base is so far ahead but taking the Limerick attitude which is I don't care what you think I don't care what the GA community think of us I don't care if we're the darlings of the GA or not we're doing it our way whether you like it or not we're doing it this way and, and we're not going to apologise for it and I think Kerry have to they, the likes of Kerry have to take that attitude to it it's like this is the way we're doing it yeah. follow a vision and then for them to come in and row in behind it together. Now, I think that's more difficult in counties where the playing population is focused in a small area where you'd have had, like, you'd have had it with Wexford in the 70s. Your dad often talked about it, John, between like the Ratnior, Buffers Alley and Owlert. They would have been the top three and there was vicious games in, in club matches. And then when they came into the county setup, they weren't really able to gel together. And he reckoned they'd have won a couple of more All-Irelands if they'd have been able to gel, but they weren't. And so I think to, to for for a vision like that uh, to manifest itself, they have to really come in together and kind of work together for for Kerry Hurling. If that's if that's if if that's going to be the aim, like you know, a strong Northern Kerry Hurling Championship is maybe is maybe fine for them. I don't know, but until I think you take that attitude of like we're not waiting. Like I think it was a thing. I, I don't know if it's disrespectful. I hope it's not. But I I felt that with the ladies football and the camogie like there was a lot of talk for five or six years about well well it was probably 15 or 16 years and why, why aren't we getting more exposure why aren't we getting more big days in Crow Park and everything else it was like well look at maybe when when more women go to games maybe when more young girls start going to games maybe when you start filling stands for games then more investment will come and I think that's that's exactly what they did it themselves yeah. and they started going to the games and then all of a sudden you've got the likes of a little on board and all of a sudden they're in ads and, and, they're, and they're adding to the whole thing themselves they're not waiting on handouts from anybody else I think it's the only way uh, forward for them and I think they're at a 
Stephen Malumphy is ideally placed to bring them to a certain point, but then it'll have to be from within the structures of the counties themselves to push it, it on. It will, and the weekend being showcased in that, like, you know, so many different hurling people from all over were watching that game because it was Wexford and, and Kerry, mm. and the same with the likes of Antrim and Cork. Mm. You know, people, we won't call them influencers in hurling, but that type of, you know, the more people that see it, the more people journalists are writing about it, the more people that are talking about it, it makes the game, I suppose, better and more interested for the player himself so that when they're kind of thinking about coming back next year and saying, God, am I going back to the same thing again? Or is there something we could build? To? Yeah. Could we actually get on and maybe perform better? Or could, is there a way for us to get into a stage, to go to Croke Park, to get it at a televised game, to play against the best? Do you know? Because there's, there's lads there and they're every bit as good as any hurler and they say I want to go out and I want to mark the TJ Reeds and I want to mark the Lee Chins and mm. I want to try and hold these less scoreless and that creates you know a, a great feeling I suppose within yeah. themselves within their club and, and that's what you want to be part of isn't it it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great it, yeah. feeling is kind of what yeah. you're excited like people think like it's the, the honour of the medals and stuff like that Like, and that's all Ginny, like it's not that you'd be turning it away but if you're part of something that's going somewhere it was really interesting reading about Antrim actually where they came where they were two or three years ago versus where they are now in terms of like a tip man coming in with uh, the, the structure that he was used to or the experiences that he had and what he demanded and where the description of where it had been of fellas kind of almost being optional to come yeah. and then he was just like right that's the, that's the end of that and all of a sudden then there was a vision and there hadn't been a vision before yeah. that and once there was a vision then you either bought into it or you didn't and there was nobody going you weren't going poor mountains you know, you know we, we, Antrim Hurling needs you now because you're you know you've done well for less like well look at here's the vision do you want be part of it or don't you yeah. and it's like you're not apologetic about it you're not like oh jeez will, will you come in it's like no this is it and then once they all bought into it they started, they've started really going somewhere and now I'd say Antrim are getting back to the point of where they probably were a few years ago like they've got they, because they had a serious lull like but now it's, it's, it's back on a good track but isn't it great to see like Dan Gleeson doing that because he doesn't have I suppose the huge depth of players available to him that some other counties do but yet he's given them the ultimatum do you want to get involved come on if not step yeah. aside and I heard a good comment, comment during the week about somebody saying that a kind of once in a decade a very very strong team comes out of some of the counties um, like we're talking about Antrim Kerry, Westmead Carlow etc to have a very good group of players but it also takes a very strong management team to bring it all together yeah. to get the structure right to get the training right to get the feel in the camp right and the bond and he seems to have done that um, yeah. at the moment and obviously they've had a very good successful rate in the last couple of years in the Joe McDonough Cup and and they really turned up at the weekend too big time you know, yeah. point yeah. up at half time you know Cork people had to sit forward and you know everyone was sitting forward and saying you know what's going to happen here so they really performed it was brilliant one of the points um, just before we leave it I want to go on to the Antrim Cork game uh, get the insight on what's happening in Cork Moan but um, John Keenan uh, was refereeing the refereed the game um, in Limerick Clare, which was far more physical, um, but m- much less freeze. There was a really poor flow to the, the Wexford Kerry game, and uh, uh, John Murphy, Johnny Murphy, or John, yeah, Johnny Murphy was refereeing it, and he was coming under fire. But looking at the game, I would have said. Like that's not fair on the referee here at all. Is the standard of tackling was atrocious? Like there, there were a lot of silly frees given away, and in now look at there, there definitely was an awful lot let go in some respects in the in the Clare Limerick game. But there, there, there are the things that you can kind of do at the right time in the right spirit. That like Dar Ryan, you never had to look too far. Like Dar Ryan 
you know, the referee wouldn't blow against him because it just seemed to be in the right spirit. Tommy was a great one for it as well. It seemed to be in the right spirit, spirit at the moment yeah. that he, 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 he was okay, it was a foul, but it was on the edge and it was the play was developing and you see what he was doing and, and okay, it's a bit reckless, but it's not too bad. Like he wasn't yeah. really, you know, whereas these are like, pulls like it's just stupid things at stupid times I don't know if the referee can do anything about that if they're if they're if they're if they're stupid freeze or stupid freeze stupid you freeze. know but I think the, the big the bigger issue with the referees is that a player can make a hit in one game and it pl- it plays on he can make the exact same hit in another mm. game and he's getting a yellow card yeah. and you know the, the monster final was probably the best game uh, we've seen the last couple of years the intensity and the hits especially the first five minutes was incredible they were yeah, just hopping yeah. off each other but it was fair and there was an honesty to it um, but then that referee was scrutinised um, amongst his peers for letting too much go and missing some of the big moments in the game mm. uh, and this would have happened I suppose in the week after that monster final okay so then Johnny Murphy goes into this meeting and he sees the way he's meant to be refereeing it. He's told from the top this is the way we want you to referee it and all of a sudden there's a lot more yellow cards being handed out in the first half yeah, of the Western yeah. game. So unfortunately from a spectacle, I mean we're not going to see a game like the Munster final again this year I don't feel because the, ref, the top table are, are starting to I suppose make sure that the play isn't as intense there's not as many hits going in Um but from a spectator point of view, it's not good news because we love those type of games, and that's yeah, why we turn yeah. around at the end of a game and go, "That was the, that was the, one of the best games I've ever seen, and this is the game we love, and this is why the best sport in the world." Mm. But I think going forward, even if Clare and Limerick get to an All Ireland final, I don't think we'll see that yeah, type yeah. of a match again, unfortunately. Um, but it's right, hard to know. Like that's the it's the same it's the same point as as with Paul Flynn in some respects. It's like you you want a referee who's willing to defy. The, the central council referees who are saying you have to pick all of these things up, and they're saying, "Well, look at I'm gonna I'm gonna be a slave to the crowd here. I'm gonna let this go." And also in a game like in an All Ireland final, we'll say if you're talking about Clare and Limerick or or, or Kilkenny and Limerick or whoever it is, if something develops in the game, like when the when a game develops a, li- a particular type of life force, like it wasn't in the Kilkenny Galway game, it wasn't in the Wexford game, it wasn't in it hasn't been in the, the, these other games, but in that game, the it was like the pure spirit of, of Hurling came through and the referee just had to kind of stand back because he was in the pure spirit of it too. It's not like, I don't think he's defining it. It's just like, that's the energy of the day. Like, I don't know. I, that's how I think about it, but maybe that doesn't make sense on a on a, on a technical level, you know. Yeah, and we want that, of course, as spectators and supporters, but unfortunately, the referees have been given a direction in which way to referee the games. And mm. I think we probably need to be a bit more mindful of that too as supporters like I go back to your dad there and the roar comes from the crowd oh come on ref will you you know what are you blowing that for but he's blown it because he's been basically told to blow it from the panel who are actually yeah, looking at yeah, the way yeah. they're refereeing the games and the moments they're missing instead of just letting the flow and the energy happen the way we want it it's, it's the consistency and, and it's the one thing that drives every hurling supporter and player wrong and th- that consistency you know like if if we take the black card, even you know there is a black card in Hurland, but yeah, we haven't yeah. seen it in the Lee McCarthy yet, and we, we won't see it. So was know, there one in Munster? I saw one recently. I thought because I remember being surprised to see it. There was one in the, the Joe McDonough final. And the Joe McDonough final. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's right. Uh, Antrim, Antrim uh, got a goal, and it's it's the it's. I suppose it's not proportion to you know a harmless enough free ends up in fourteen men for ten minutes and a penalty like it's a double whammy like yeah. one is nearly bad enough but yeah. both of them and 
like there has been none so we can't say that none of those have happened in the Liam McCarthy why is it only happening to Joe McDonough or the Christy Ring yeah. and they're numerous if you filter down through talking to anyone involved in those teams they're happening all over but there has been none as far as I'm aware in the Liam McCarthy and I guarantee you there won't be any yeah. going forward and there's, there's somebody else to look up those statistics for you anyway but well, you just trot out the you just trot, you trot out the facts and somebody else will back no it up no here going to correct me on it <laughs> but, but it's the whole it's the like and it goes back into the referees um like at times the ref is listening to someone in the ear which isn't an umpire it's coming from the, the higher stations above mm. and we've seen that I won't go back to the well I will mention it the Richie Hogan sending off that still was, haven't let that one go yeah go on that was a clear coming from the stand because you can even see um, he was the Wexford ref was he uh, J- James Owens Owens yeah you can see him he's standing in beside the lines man and he's listening and he's turning up and he's looking up and he's you can hear him listening and a couple of you know moments pass it seems like a long time and yeah. then he comes in and he makes his decision so like that's okay but does that only happen at certain times of the year mm. is you know in certain stadiums who, who's there looking yeah. it on who is this person up there that's looking down at this there's no it doesn't make any sense to me and that's the infuriating thing so if you went back to I watched uh, Take the Stamp on Richie Reid yeah. and uh Jerry Canning, I think, was commenting. He goes, does that look like a stamp? You know? And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just picturing your man above, like, is he gone for a cup of tea at this stage or <laughs> is he watching the Sky Sports? But, you know, I mean, wh- why, why couldn't he say it, you know? And would you yeah, bring that, would you bring that te- I wouldn't. technical, technical no, analysis I, I, in straight, no. straight away? I, I, like, I like it being done after the fact, I think, but I'd also pick up diving. I'd also pick yeah. up fellas fake, well, faking uh, look, I'm, uh, moments like that too but when it's done I, I'm glad that people are picked up afterwards because I think they should yeah. but in the moment I'm, I, 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 I don't know like I'm wholly on the player side and um, do you know okay you might say look at a stamp and you'd say right there's no need for that or there, you know what I mean you can't say that but you know the one I think with Hayes where he's he kind of bangs and he bangs the second time like your man is holding like so you know, if a lad is holding you and you thump him once and he still holds you, you thump him harder. You yeah. Know, I, 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 that's that's what you do, like. And, and you know, if a lad comes in... If, Wait or not, not with, not with Rory Hayes and Flanagan down in the corner <laughs> that time. I mean, that wasn't... He wasn't being held. He, he was, just he, tomahawked him. Like, I mean, that was... He was being held, in my view. Yeah, he was being held. Initially. So. He was being held and he, he was trying to break free. Yes, I know, but you go back to the box. The, the Limerick boys have to take great credit here, in my view, mm. for not rolling around or not standing up and just... I mean, Flanagan was know. unbelievable. He took a full full belt in the back and just dragged out like as if nothing happened to him. Like, the only time you should go down is if you get a hurl into the face or an eye and it, it you know, it fakes you and you automatically you put your hand to your head and you go down. You know, If you're injured, you go down. If you're injured, you go down or you're yeah. tripped, you go down and you can't stay on your feet. Um, that was the problem with the Hegarty one, really, wasn't it? It was like going down for no reason is not. Yeah, it's not. Shouldn't be, I don't think it's it's not a welcome part of the game. No, right? and if you have to look back, but I, I don't think we should be going through the cameras. And and you know, if you're trialing guys, like what good is it after twenty minutes in an Ireland final, a guy pulls a stroke, and then they look at it two days after, and he gets a two match suspension, and he's after being, you know, it's, yeah, it's yeah, no yeah. good to the game. Like it's it's, I, I, I think it's harsh on that side of it. I know. Um, like if a ball goes over the bar or wide and it's in a non-hawk eye, eye venue, we'll say, yeah. uh, to score it, no matter if it's a blatant point and it looks to be a blatant point after, it doesn't change the result of the match. Mm. So looking back at lads, I think I'd be again it on that side. Yeah, yeah. I think um, looking back on those instances we're just discussing now, obviously, in my opinion, there's actually two frees uh, into Clare. Um, I'm, I'm talking about the Peter Duggan incident where he's t- tangled up with um, Sean Finn. So he's been held on the way in. He's by been Sean held Finn. on the way in. Yeah. yeah, and I think if the ref had blown the whistle there, awarded the free in, 
you know, that jab at her probably wouldn't have happened. And the same then with Rory Hayes, I feel um, he's he's obviously been held, his left arm has been, has been caught by Flanagan. He's trying to get out to tackle, uh, I think it's Darren Galan. And we know of players, there's nothing more frustrating than if someone's holding you up and you're trying to get out and you can't. Yeah. And obviously, um, Rory Hayes has given a small jab to start with just to kind of loosen it maybe. And then it's not, the hand hasn't been loosened since the next minute he's after going a bit harder. Yeah. And it's obviously striking with the hurl then at that stage. But I think if the referee had to pull those two frees, and blowing that whistle, those two instances wouldn't have happened, and yeah. um, we wouldn't be but in this situation. Clear, but, but what's the protocol? I'd like to know. Like, you know, mm. is there people sitting down today looking at the two games at the weekend for incidents that happened in it? Is that protocol there? We don't know that. It's, it's this is the point of the trial. Is it trial by Sunday game? Is it because the Sunday game yeah. focusing like is that the trial but venue or a yeah. co-part looking back at the games and saying right these are things that are missed? And also on the point of Sean Finn, you can look back at that one and say why didn't the referee brought there. But I'd say if you looked at that camera for the whole game of every time Duggan and Sean yeah. Finn were coming in, how many times has he been held? Is it just is it just this one time where Duggan finally lashes out, or is it happening all the time? Yeah, and, and you know it's not the Sunday games fault for highlighting it. But it's 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 the GAA's fault if they look at it and say, "Oh God, we made a deal on this now because there's people talking about it." Like, is that is is that the way it's been done? So if no one talks about an incident this weekend, you know, like if we sit here and we harp on about something that happened, you know, yeah. could yeah. we generate something on social media that will create enough yeah, of chaos that the GAA are going to sit down and. Uh, start giving suspensions out so like that's mm. that's a crazy it needs to be fair and balanced I suppose uh, whichever way they're working it it does set a dangerous enough precedent going forward that you know are they going to look through every every match through out every Munster Championship Leinster Championship and see if they can pick something up is there a, a spectator going to catch something on the phone and throw it up on social yeah. media next minute he's tagging in the Sunday game and he's tagging in Joe and he's tagging in you know d- different sports bodies and well, stuff and people if, if, if that's the case then you'll have county boards bringing their own cameras to games and mm. focusing in on players and in waiting until the incident happens that maybe someone is affected on their team, sending the the this around on social media or into the GAA and getting it done that way. And that's not how it should be done in my view. Yeah. So I see the, the there's a problem in it in, in, in being reactive. Any organisation and big organisations tend to be maybe a little bit reactive at times anyway because they're big and maybe a little bit cumbersome and slower because of their size. But I don't have a great problem I have to say with, 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 with trial by the GA public because it's not the GA as you said who, who yeah. are the GA? Are the fellas in the room looking at the cameras or are we? Are, is that not the opportunity that we have? Is to say, well, this is happening in the game. Like you know, there's 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 diving coming into the game, and and you're someone who played the game very honestly, and you say, well, look, I don't like that development in the game, and I'm part of the GA, and I have the very same rights to comment on it as the CCCCC, and 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 the uh, and the president and whoever else is, because we're all we're all one in it. So yeah. we 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 are all entitled to say it, and then whatever's picked up is picked up, and I it's I don't know, like yet yeah, the reactiveness, you'd like something you know, direct coming from the source, but you are responding to what is being put there as well in front of you. Say, well, there is that thing and that did happen and that is coming in as a cultural development in the game and maybe we should move away from it and focus in on, on nullifying it in some way. And I think they do have to kind of work that way a bit, you know. They do and I think they, they kind of have to come out and say that, look, yeah, every day we sit down after every game and review every single incident and if we think it needs to be brought, but that statement hasn't really been made or if it is, I'm not aware of it. Mm. That, you know, yeah, have yeah, to know yeah. does it happen. But isn't it an eye-opener too for the players to know now that this could be potentially happening going forward and unfortunately it looks like the two clear lads are going to end up being potentially the guinea pigs of yeah. what's coming down the line I, yeah. I don't know if that's fair or not um, but we'll just have to wait and see what happens Yeah uh, Cork on up in Antrim uh, 
Antrim were coming in definitely much stronger than Kerry came into the Wexford game there's no doubt about that I know they only beat them by a point but the momentum has been building and Gleeson has been building something for a couple of years and he had a strong base uh, to work with for sure Cork were coming off the back of their renaissance and you know they were written off as dead and gone a few weeks ago and then things turn around for them and all of a sudden there's a bit of a Cork swagger is back I'm wondering how deep that runs I, I doubt how deep it runs, I suppose, is my, is my point. Uh, but maybe maybe it's not. Maybe they're developing nicely and Galway is the ideal stepping stone on to something greater. I wonder. I don't know in terms of performance against Antrim because I didn't see enough of it. But Yeah, um, I mean, look, I think the first thing to say is going up north to play Antrim is actually quite a difficult task in itself. Um, we've went up twice that I know of and be bet. Um <laughs> Probably not you, James. You probably never. Don't even know if you ever played up there. <laughs> Once, I think, yeah. But um, so I, I think Cork would have been very focused on this game, knowing exactly what they're going to get um, up in Antrim, up in Corrigan Park. Antrim have been playing that bit better, and actually watching again that Joe McDonough final, they've, they're very fluid in the way they play. Like they play the ball through the lines, they do this off the shoulder run, they let go ball into their forward line. They have very good forwards and show, but. They're kind of there's a bit of steel to them as well, so I I think Cork would have been very aware of what they were getting themselves into up there. Um, I think they would have been very focused. Um, they've made small tweaks to the way they're playing. You know, at the start of the league or of the Championship Brown Robin series, they were kind of playing the ball around too much in the back yeah. line, trying to get that ball into Mark Coleman's hand, who was then going to deliver this absolutely perfect pass to a Cork forward. Okay, and the Cork forwards weren't moving much because they didn't know when Coleman was going to actually strike it in because yeah. they were just overdoing it. Now they seem to let the ball in a lot quicker into the forward line and it's working a lot better. Um, like I do think there's a good culture in starting to build in that team. I know the club scene is strong in Cork. Um, they have a lot of players from different clubs in the county team, um, not just senior clubs either. You know, they have intermediate players, etc. It's, it's a good mix. Um, and they have some very strong forwards, especially like Robbie O'Flynn and Conor Lehan, who's come into a huge amount of form kind of over the last year, including last yeah. year's um, club championship where he's man the match in the final. So I think there's definitely momentum in Cork um, at the right time. So, you know, they have a great chance. I like uh, I, I like often to put things, I suppose, through the prism of what, what, what Brian Cody talked about an awful lot with G fellas, which is the spirit of... Kilkenny hurling which is always and still is exceptionally clear above above anything else yeah. tactics and everything else maybe not so clear sometimes but the spirit's always very clear um, I was talking to a Cork man uh, Neil Hegarty last night and we were chatting about it and he was to, he, he started talking about as as Cork sometimes as Cork peoples want to talk about the Cork spirit and, and he was talking about uh, the depth of spirit that's there at the moment and I felt uh, as he was talking about it and I was thinking about what he was saying I was thinking well when they were pushed hard, when they were pushed hard, like the the whole GA population were almost rounding on them and saying like, look, look, what is wrong with Cork? Like, I mean, they couldn't be any worse. It was septic hurling to look at and criticism was from within the county and everything else. Then they happened on that spark of like what 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 Neil described as the Christy ring in all Cork hurlers. Like that's the, you know, there's something not looking back to the style of the 50s just just whatever you can tune into as a Cork hurler the same as you were as a Wexford hurler the same as you were as a Kenny hurler my criticism of them I suppose and my, my question about them coming into the Galway game is it's fine to tune into that 
when you're under the cosh because you've nowhere else really to go. But can you tune into it when that's the option in front of you? Can you choose it without having to be backed into the corner of it? You know, like ev- everything has, you know, if a robin flies into, in, in your door and you go to catch him, like he, he, he'll go to peck you because there's a fight in every animal mm. if they're cornered. But can they choose it initially? They don't seem to be choosing it without the onslaught of criticism against them. That's So I wonder how deep that where they're at at the moment and how they how they fare then uh, or how they're looking for the Galway game who I actually think Galway are, are, are well suited to, for, yeah. for Cork to be a stepping stone for them Yeah well look um, I think your question about the spirit and that can only really be answered by themselves in the Galway game um, yeah I suppose if you think about last year or in the All-Ireland final now they got, they got picked very well by Limerick but um they're, they aren't a bad team they have been no, building no. O, o, under Kingston there for a while and they have a lot of under 21 success um, under Pat Ryan as well coming through um, so they have a nice team building there's a bit of freshness a, bit of spe- a lot of speed and obviously really good hurlers but the question is then do they have that steel and that um, courage and self-belief to really drive on not just when their backs are against the ropes but yeah. every game to come into um, and I think they're starting to learn that and build that as a team um, and I think the game against Galway will give them an opportunity Hopefully, I, I would hope now to go up and express themselves and fight for every single ball and bring that toughness in defence, especially because they have the forwards, there's no doubt about that, um, yeah. to actually prove that point, essentially. Yeah, yeah. How do you see that going, James, uh, Galway Cork? Yeah. Uh, Galway are very physical. So, you know, to go back to your Robin, you're, you want yeah. your Robin coming up and picking them on the shoulder before they get caught, basically. Yeah. And, and you know, can they do that? You know, I'm not sure either on Cork. Um, I, I'm fancying Galway a small bit. And, yeah. Uh, I used to tip Waterford, you know, Tipper in yeah, disarray, Waterford fell apart. I mean, they're, they're two big wins that turned their season, but what have they turned on? I mean, they had to draw it out yeah, for like, sure against Antrim, but... If 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 Antrim had a three-week break from a job yeah, on a cup... Yeah, like one week know, in for both and, teams was tough you know, going. after yeah. winning it and the highs of that and then come out and like they competed with them for so long. So who knows what would have happened after that. Do you know there was? I think Malai, Keenan Malai, came. He he scored a right few points, but he came through at one stage and he was flicking balls over. I think he flicked it over Rob Downey's head even, and the size of him. But just the confidence there, and but that goes both ways. And the Rob Downey side of things, you should, do you know, it's it's the one time I think in hurling where you should be allowed nearly deck a lad. It's if a lad <laughs> tries to flick it over your head. It's the only time I well, think. Well, Yara Junior. Huh? Yara Junior. <laughs> I think there's actually like there's a story here. Have you done? Yeah. It? No, no. Well, <laughs> I think there's a. Great I, I tell you, I can remember. I can remember a fella flicking the ball over a fella's head out in. Uh, we were out in Abu Dhabi, and and uh, one of the at the time we played Connacht. Do you want to? Do you remember that? Uh, do you remember that training session? Did it involve with, me, with no? Henry Shefflin actually. Henry Shefflin in, in midfield, and, and Owen went soloing up the field. No, we'd been we'd been in. Dubai the night before until <laughs> two or three in the morning, I think, and 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 I thought the best thing to do, as I always thought, if I had a, a, a bit of a hangover for a, you know, it might only be a club game, and everybody think right, keep everything just brass tacks simple here, because nothing's very functioning very well, and there's a few of us, in Jackie Turl and a couple more, were kind of staying out around the sideline, but on the side of this was the time to to bring out the big play, and he went solo <laughs> and straight for Henry Shefflin on the first ball that he got. He went to flick it over his head, but sure, he misread the distance as as, as happens in those situations and <laughs> went to flick it over his head, but flicked it straight into his hand and ran out the far side and sure Shefflin was gone down the other side of him. So I think you get what uh, you get what comes to you when you try that trick. Like Yeah, yeah. Look, sometimes you, the genius comes out in you when you're a small bit hungover. <laughs> I think there's a guy in Offaly actually called Pancakes from uh, it happened in one day and they nicknamed him Pancakes. Someone flicked the ball over his head. So I think that stuck with him. But I've... I, I've always said that, you know, any guy even trained that as a defender, 
Oh, yeah. oh it's yeah. it's a horrible place to be if it if a lad pulls it off and uh, you know a few times I train a lad might do it and I'd nearly always just grab him and just like you'd be yeah. trying to say don't try you that in a game him and yeah. that's the last time you'll try it yeah. yeah so it's the next one you kind of take him on it isn't it but look how will Cork stand up that's going to be the test yeah um, I, I think Galway um, and again going back to my earlier point about losing the Leinster final losing the Munster final those teams having a two week turnaround yeah you know, that was, both those two teams are after coming from, I suppose, a previous uh, downer, shall we say, where they came into a game, they were looking to try and win the provincial final, it didn't happen, and they have to try and pick themselves up now, whereas the Cork and Wexford, to be fair, mm. are kind of coming in pretty much on the crest of a wave in some sense, and I know you might say Kerry and Antrim, but they're coming in at the right time, their hurt has been probably... Yeah. Six, seven, eight weeks ago. Yeah, so, and the momentum has kind of and the momentum, yeah. So yeah. they're in a great place, and they're nearly—I won't say bonus territory—but they're they're there in a position now where a North Ireland semi-final is so easy at grasp, and uh, yeah. I think you know we could see two very close games. It's a it's a difficult one to call the Galway Cork game because they're two good teams under day, and yeah. they can be two poor teams under day as well. Like Galway can be excellent and strong, physical, very strong. At pumping ball in fast and quick and very physical in the air well able to catch ball and then Cork can work the ball out and put ball into their fast forward so it's the analysis of the hurling which was probably lacking in some you know like the analysis around the Leinster final was nearly more on the two managers as regards the actual individual hurlers so we talk about the the Munster final being an epic and it was atmosphere packed Claire Limerick rivals tradition sideline cuts from like I was just thinking if you got that sideline if that was your only if you were brought on a sub never played inter-county before took that sideline levelled the Munster final and just waltzed off again left you, the hurl drop the hurl just drop the hurl and the stand. Salute. Statue of you. Yeah. you would be remembered wouldn't you like, yeah. so it had so many of those moments but when you get into the actual hurling of who will be marking who and say right do Cork have a guy to mark Conor Whelan you know yeah. and he's on brilliant form like I think Hugh Lawler, who I thought was exceptional on the day, even though Conor Whelan played well and scored a few points, if we didn't have Hugh Lawler playing, we wouldn't have won the Leinster final. Yeah, That's the importance of it. So yeah. Do Cork have a full-back now to go and stop Conor Whelan? It's the full-back line you'd be, yeah, you'd wonder. And I think we'll yeah. see scores, I think we'll see goals, and uh, definitely see physicality from the Galway side of things, and we will definitely see, like, and I know it has to happen at some stage, but after this game you'll really see our Cork you know yeah. it'll answer your question I suppose Gizzy yeah, yeah. well uh, Whelan I mean he's one of the top forwards in the game he's after growing so much too and getting so strong uh, and obviously Robert Downey's been playing full back for Cork and you know it didn't work out for him last year in the All Ireland final but he was really exposed by the half back line going so far out yeah yeah and they just took the Cork full back line to the cleaners and they seem to be way better structured this year so I mean, I, I don't know now, will he start in full-back again? Um, I think they should play him there because I think he probably is the best answer to have. Um, is he going to be able to hold Whelan? Um, I don't think there's too many. Whelan's first point against Kilkenny, Kenny, and I know on the weekend was the Munster oh, Leicester final, was absolutely phenomenal. phenomenal. And his pick-up after that for maybe his second or third point yeah, just yeah, yeah. Well, he's on, he's like Tony Kelly, like he's unstoppable yeah. when he's on farm. Really, it's just yeah. about the supply in. Really, that's that, but, that's where it's at. But there's a conversation in Cork, which kind of hasn't really hit the, the national media. I don't think as such is about Patrick Horgan and are they going to start Patrick Horgan? Yeah. And if they start them, how long is he going to last? And what's the reasons for not playing him? 
Um, or to use him as an impact sub. Or to use him as the impact sub. And like, what a hurler to be bringing into a game. Um, I mean, he's risky, still has a bit of pace there. He's just a top class hurler, one of the best yeah. I've ever seen. But they didn't start him against Antrim. Yeah. It'd be very interesting to see now uh, do they actually start him in against Galway or do they bring him in as that impact sub? Because he doesn't want to be an impact sub, I'm sure of that. The yeah. Mi- the minute I heard that, I thought it was the wrong time, the Antrim game. Uh, I thought if. If they'd have played him for that game, but mm. if they were going to maybe not start him and try Tim O'Mahony, it was the Galway game because then you're in a dressing room and you're looking at the six forwards and you're saying, lads, you know, now he's not here, we want you to stand up. And then you can look to the bench and you can say, lads, you can see what we have in the bench. We have players that have done yeah, it in every yeah, yeah. different way. But I felt they lost a little bit of that, you know, no disrespect to Antrim, but they could have held that I think maybe for the Galway game and yeah uh, we, we, we're just out of time do you give Wexford any chance against Clare? I would I think Wexford are in the long grass now waiting for Clare I think obviously Clare have their own issues with Rory Hayes and Duggan coming up but Brian Lowen will you know have them on point no doubt about it it'll be ferocious intensity going into that match again but Wexford you know there's a bit of confidence building their players are back fit and went to see if Dio Keefe Makes the game. Yeah, He's a huge, yeah. huge player for Wexford Harlan, yeah. and we need him. And he plays very well against Clare. Clare have got one over us in the last couple of games, so I think the Wexford boys will be well up for it. I give him a good chance. Yeah, James. I'll call Galway, and I'll call Clare. Oh my! Okay. I think we'll have the the provincial winners and runners up in the semi finals. Okay. Well, we'll have to uh, tune in next week to see how. Uh, how, how that's how that stands up, uh, lads. Thanks very much for uh, for making the trip up to the the big smoke to join us in studio. James, great to have you Thank in you. as usual. On great to spend a bit of time in your company. This is not too often I get to see you anymore. Yeah. Uh, you're down on the other the other the other peninsula. Um, yeah, that's all we've got time for. Thanks very much for joining us, and uh, we'll be definitely back next Monday to look at the the quarterfinals and how Wexford, Clare, and Galway, Cork get on. Thanks very much for joining us, Slán. You're listening to the GAA Hour with Dear Ling on Sports Joe. Donald Donovan is the left corner back. He hits it. He hits it. Whoa. It's over the bar. Oh, holy Moses! What a match! There's been a missing person in Clare for 81 long years. Well, today, that person has been found alive and well. And that person's name is Liam McCarthy. They know as much about serious level sport as I know about the sleeping habits of the Ayatollah. There's a, a streaker on the ground now. He must be a Kilkenny man because he's quite happy with the situation right now. 